Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed, the songs that have been sung, an opportunity to participate in worshiping you through giving. And now as we get into your word, we ask that it falls upon the good soil of our hearts and that we will live and grow thereby. We thank you for all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are into our final episode of this series of Collapse, episode number five. And we have gone through this book of Lamentations, all five chapters, and one thing that we realize is that in the midst of all the chaos, all the pain, everything that was going on, Jeremiah was still able to say, I have hope in God. And so, in this fifth chapter, we see that Jeremiah is asking for restoration. And whatever the cause of our suffering, we can know this, is that God will not abandon us. That God always offers us grace. And so as we have traveled down this road of the book of Lamentations, in our first episode we talked about, do you see what God sees? Then we discussed the verdict in episode number two. In the third episode, the revelation of hope. In the fourth episode, the point of decision. And now we are to the fifth episode. In the fifth episode, we find ourselves utilizing as our subtitle a simple little poem called Footprints in the Sand. And so our subtitle for the fifth episode of Collapse is Footprints and the same. Now before we get into the message itself, we you know I got to do our definitions. Our first definition is collapse. Collapse is to fall together, to fall into an irregular mass through loss of support or rigidity. Figuratively, a sense of coming to nothing, to, uh, to fail, to cave in, to fall in, to subside, fall down, sag, slump, settle, give, give way, crumble, crumple, disintegrate, fall to pieces, or come apart. The next definition I wanted to bring up is footprint. A footprint is the impression left by a foot or shoe on the ground or a surface, or the area occupied or affected by something. Next one I wanted to bring up is sand. Sand is any mass or collection of fine particles of stone, particularly of fine particles of silicious stone, but not strictly reduced to powder or to dust. And then finally, our final definition is grace. Grace is favor, goodwill, kindness, disposition to oblige another, favorable influence of God, divine influence or the influence of the Spirit. 
If you remember, I was telling you how the book of Lamentations, every chapter has 22 verses in it, except for the third chapter, where it has three times that. For those of you that's trying to figure that out, that's 66. So when we finish up, we are back down to another set of 22 verses, and I'm going to go past all the other parts that uh, Jeremiah was talking about, and we're going to talk about verses 19 through 22. Your homework for this week is to read the other parts of the fifth chapter. Lamentations, the fifth chapter, starting at that 19th verse says, But you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures to all generations. Why do you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us for so many days? Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and you mean remain exceedingly angry with us. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it fall upon the good soul of our hearts in Jesus' name. Again, there is a poem that I wanted to hit y'all with today, which is the title of, or the subtitle of episode number five. The poem is called Footprints in the Sand. It goes like this. One night a man had a dream. He dreamed he was walking along the beach with the Lord. Across the sky flashed scenes from his life. For each scene, he noticed two sets of footprints in the sand one belonging to him and the other to the Lord. When the last scene of his life flashed before him, he looked back at the footprints in the sand. He noticed that many times along the path of his life, there was only one set of footprints. He also noticed that it happened at the very lowest and saddest times in his life. This really bothered him, and he questioned the Lord about it. Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the most troublesome times in my life, there's only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you most, you would leave me. The Lord replied, my son, my precious child, I love you and I would never leave you. During the times of trial and suffering, when you see only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. And isn't it like us how when we go through, we believe that everything has happened to us, against us, and we are all by ourselves. Even those that said that they would be there for us, sometimes can't be there for us. So when we see by the past and what we have gone through, what has happened, we look at the fact that God just has, must be like everybody else because I feel alone and usually when I feel alone, I cannot find an opportunity or anyone to be there to help me. And so Jeremiah says in this final chapter, the fifth chapter, he says, Remember, Lord, 
what has happened to us, look and see our disgrace. And in that word disgrace, we also find that word shame. And shame is nothing more than a deep-seated feeling of being unworthy of love or anything good. Remember, it's the first negative consequence of the fall of humanity. After Adam ate the fruit, it said that their eyes were opened and they realized they were naked and they were ashamed. But I got a little help for you real quick. If you feel like you're in a shame situation, let me tell you about shame. Shame cannot exist when you talk about it. When you say that you have gone through a situation and you talk about it, you can't be ashamed of it anymore. Shame loses its power or its ability to hold you down when it's met with empathy. In other words, we can be free from feeling uh, uh, down and out about it when we come together and let someone know that we're going through a situation. And when we let others know that we're going through a situation, especially in the Christian community, we are to come alongside and hold each other up and to assist each other to walk through the situation together. But if you don't know, or if no one knows, then guess what? Don't nobody know. I have discovered in my many years of being in the church that a lot of church folks believe in telepathy. Telepathy is the ability to communicate with your mind to someone else without speaking. I have met married couples that have believed that uh, telepathy is a part of the marriage pact. I have met folks who thought that uh, the pastor, uh, the, the ministers, the elders, the deacons should all be having a telepathic connection because when a person comes to you and says, why didn't you help me? And they say, I didn't know you need help. Then what is the next thing that they say? Well, you should have known. Now, I, I ain't throwing stones, but I'm just saying. I can't know unless I know. I ain't talking about nobody else. If you feel I'm talking about you, just look straight ahead. Won't nobody know that's what I'm doing. But we get into the situation where we feel like I can't tell nobody. But that's what the body is for. The body is designed to help itself to heal. It's designed that when the foot gets stubbed up against the table, the toe gets stubbed up against the table, the hand comes down and rubs the toe to help get the blood to circulating so the pain is not as intense. Now, if you stubbed your toe and the, and the toe told your hand, don't touch me because I don't... See, that's not how your body works. 
And the same thing should be our attitude. We should have confidence in the body of Christ that we should be able to say, I'm going through something. I need somebody to talk to. Now, here's the other part of that that I want to make sure that is known. When somebody comes to you with that, that is not news for you to bear to everybody that you know. It's not time for you to get on Facebook and make a hypothetical that everybody knows who you're talking about. It's not that time. It's time for you to sit there and help that person to go through that situation. I'm not talking about you unless I'm talking about you. But if you look straight ahead, nobody knows that I'm talking about you. So as we're going through this, uh, Jeremiah is bringing out the fact that there's pain, there's shame, there's things that we are going through, but it does not have to have that weight if we know whom we can trust. Jeremiah brings out the the mindset that we have that when we're going through situations, that it almost every single time causes us to believe that God has forsaken us. That God has left us out. God has cast us out. God has thrown us away. God has just forgotten about us. But I want to tell you that that is nothing more than fear trying to come in and isolate you. And 1 John 4.18 it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So if we uh, know that God loves us, we know that, so we should not be afraid, we should not have fear, we should not feel isolation because we know that God's got us. So this makes me have to say this. In spite of our feelings, God's word is always true. And we have to train our feelings to submit to our faith. God says he will never leave you or forsake you. He will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. God even says that he has gone to the point where he has engraved your name on the palms of his hands. A little side note right here. Anybody with a tattoo knows that when you get a tattoo, it's permanent. Now, what you can try to do, you can have them try to go in and, 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 and take the layers of skin away in order to try to get it, but there's still some residue of it. But God says, I have tattooed your name. He didn't say, I wrote your name. He said, I tattooed it in the palm of my hand, which means that he is totally, utterly committed to you because he has taken it to another level. God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And you are used to people that say, I will always be there not being there, but God ain't other people. And so, when we are going through situations, when we are feeling like we're all alone, when we're feeling like all hope is lost, when we're feeling as if 
I'm doing this all by myself. I just wanted to encourage you today, just like in that poem. That God is there with you. God is keeping you. God is there just for you. And though it may look like you're all alone, if you look down or you look to your left or your right, God is there holding you, keeping you, walking you through that situation so that you can have the victory. I don't know if you've ever gone through a situation that you felt all alone. I don't know if you've ever felt like nobody was there to help you. And then the next thing you know, you have made it through that situation. Even when it feels, even when it seems, God says, I'm still there. I'm still there for you. I'm still there with you. I ain't going nowhere. And I'm not definitely leaving you. So what we have to understand that sometimes suffering is a part of God's plan. I'm going to say that one more time because I know we don't like it. Sometimes suffering is a part of God's plan. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to grow a tree. Um, we had a peach tree at one of our houses and the first year that the peaches came out, they was like kind of little tiny, almost like rocks. And a friend of ours said, well, you need to have your tree pruned. And I, you know, I didn't know what it was. So God came and he came over to the house and that man butchered my tree. He cut that tree up so bad. I wanted to fight that joker because he messed my, messed my tree up. And I was just like, all right. He said, no, sir. He said, I know it looks bad right now. I know it looks bad. He says, but next season, it'll be okay. I wasn't caring about next season. I was looking at my tree right now. I was like, ain't nothing going to grow on that tree the way you done chopped that tree up. The next season comes around. We didn't get, we didn't, we didn't get hardly a chance to eat any of them peaches because the birds came. Them peaches were so nice and big and juicy. Let me tell you what about that situation. Just came to my mind. The birds was eating up all the peaches at the top, so we put a net over top of it to keep the birds off of it. And then the next thing I know, there was some, uh, some peaches, you know, in, in the middle and down on the lower level. And so what you want to do is you want to make, you know, pick them before they hit the ground because they were so plump. When they hit the ground, they were bursting open. And so one day Yolanda and I were sitting at the house, and the doorbell rings. The lady comes to the house. She says, sir, I need to ask, ask for your forgiveness. And I was like, I don't even know who you are. What's going on? She says, well, I walk around the neighborhood every day, and um, I saw that y'all had some nice peaches on your tree. So I've been taking your peaches. And I made y'all a peach pie, 
with y'all peaches. Now, it's funny now, but at the moment, I was like ready to fight that woman taking our peaches, but, but what it was, she enjoyed the peaches, but when it started out, I did not believe that those peaches or that peach tree was going to produce anything, but it produced a fruit that was delicious to everyone around, even though they were stealing it, they still enjoyed it, and then tried to cover it up by making us a pie, and we don't even eat peach pie, we eat peach cobbler, but anyway, I ain't finna, yeah, I ain't finna go into all that, but my thing is this, sometimes when we feel like we're going through, God is actually doing us like the gentleman was doing a peach tree, there's certain things that need to be cut off. There's certain things that need to be removed. There's certain things that only the pressure of going through something can help us to remove it. Have y'all ever seen some things go through or something go through a, uh, a situation? For instance, there is an animal called a gecko, which we had seen a lot of in Hawaii. One of the favorite things that children like to do to, to a gecko is to pull his tail off. They pull the gecko's tail off, and the tail keeps on wiggling, 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 and then the gecko's tail grows back. Well, see, some of us, we want to be like the gecko. God starts pulling something off of us, and we throw everything within our ability to make it grow back. We try to make it grow back, and God's like, I'm going to take it off again. And we're like, why do we keep going through this? Because God is trying to remove that. From your life. And you know the funny thing about that is. We know. That God's trying to remove it. We know we need to get rid of it. We know the, all that. And we say God. God help me. God work this out of me. And he started working it out. And it ain't the way you want him to work out. So you try to grow it right back. I ain't talking about nobody. I'm saying. But that's how we do. But if we would tell somebody, listen, I'm working through this. Can you help me? Can you be there for me? A uh, husband tells his wife, hey, babe, I'm going through this situation. I want to get better at this. Can, can you be, help me to be accountable to this? And then he get mad at his wife because he asked her to be accountable. And she said, did you get up this morning and pray like you said you was going to do? Don't keep talking to me about praying. Well, wait a minute. You the one said that you want to be accountable. You, that extra five minutes that you're trying to sleep in is not doing you any good because you you've been tossing and turning all night. If you would go ahead and do what you said, I think things would change out better for you. So we can see how suffering is a part of God's plan. The pruning process is a part, part of God's plan. We can see the ultimate example of this when we look at Jesus. Jesus sitting in the garden and he says, Lord, if there's any other way for us to do this process, let's do it that way. Lord, if there's any other way, let's do it that way. Lord, if there's any other way, let's do it that way. But... Let's do it the way that you need to have it done. Because I want your will to be done. And so as we see how even Jesus went through a suffering. And he went through death. And 
He didn't even do nothing wrong. They just didn't like him. But it was still part of the plan of God. God will not leave you in the midst of what you're going through. God does not leave you in the midst of whatever situation you feel that you've been abandoned. But God is with you always. Even until the end of the world, God is with you. So I want to close out with this today. Very, very simple. There is a saying that when you are operating in a situation, this is something that I learned from the military, when you're operating in a survival situation, we use what's called the rules of three. The rules of three is this. In a survival situation, you can last three weeks without food. You can last three days without water. You can last, without, you can last three hours without shelter in extreme conditions. And you can last three minutes without air. But you can't make it three seconds without hope. You can't last three seconds without hope. Without that confident expectation, you cannot make it three seconds. So as you're going through, and, and, and I just want the last real point that I want to make is this fact. That everybody is going through a situation. Or let's say, let's say it this way. There is a situation for everybody. You're either going into the situation, you're either in the middle of the situation, or you're coming out of the situation, but everybody is going through a situation. The way that God has designed the body is for us to be helpers of one another so that we can encourage each other to go through the situations and help to infuse their situation with hope. That God is going to do what he said he's going to do. That God will not leave you nor will he forsake you. That he will be with you in the midst of every situation. God will be there just for you. Why? Because he loves you so much. Because his grace is more than sufficient for your life. God loves you just that much. And so as we come to a close of this, of this series, Collapse, where things are going wrong as a result of things that we've done, but even because it's something that we've done, God is still there with us looking for us to learn from the situation so that we can cut off those things that are not going to help us to become more like him. I'm quite sure that we would not want 
to keep something that we like right now if we knew that it would keep us out of heaven? You ain't got to say amen. I already know that truth. If you knew if I held on to this, it's going to keep me out of heaven. You drop it in a minute. But when God tells you, you try to negotiate. When God says, you need to stop doing this, we figure out, well, Lord, you know, it's not really all that bad. You know, well, what is everybody going to say if I do it, if I don't do it? Or You see what I'm saying? We kind of try to rationalize, but God says, I got you. You just have to trust me. You just have to have confidence in me, knowing that I am going to do what I have declared I am going to do. Just like the footprints in the sand. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And when you're at your lowest low, he's there with you, carrying you through the situation. It didn't say staying in the situation. It says carrying you through that situation. Carrying you through. Helping you through the situation. And if we are wise enough to ask others to help us, it makes going through that situation that much easier. The enemy's de desire is for us to feel hopeless because, like I said, you can't make it if you lose hope. You won't make it if you lose hope. So we want to have our hope, our confident expectation in God that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Now you might be feeling like I was talking about you today and I really wasn't. I was really talking about me and um, so we may be in the same little boat together. There are times when you feel like you're all by yourself. But you have to shake yourself and say, if, nobody, if I don't feel like anybody else is with me, I know God is with me. And to even secure that, to lock that in even greater, I want to remind you that Jesus has made it so that our Communication with God is solid. Our communication with God is direct. He has set it up so that we can have this feeling that God is always listening because he is. He's always there because he is. And you need to find that rest, that peace in your mind and in your heart. And the key to doing that is Allowing Jesus to be your rescuer, your savior, and your Lord. The Bible says it like this. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that means acknowledging that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, meaning that you believe that God had a plan set up just for you to get you reconciled back to him. That you shall be saved, that you shall be rescued, that you shall be delivered from the penalty of sin. 
And I would encourage you today, if you have not made that decision previously, to make it today. And if that is the decision that you made today, we want to assist you, just like we said. We don't want you to feel isolated. We don't want you to feel alone. We want you to know that we are here to assist you. But what we don't know, guess what? We don't know. So if that is the decision that you made today, let us know by contacting us by email at info at godshousecc.com. You let us know. We will do everything within our ability to assist you along this journey because, as I said before, this is not an individual event. This is a team event where we all come together. We do our part to help one another to achieve the goal of being more like Jesus. If you made that decision for the first time today, let us know. And we will be more than glad. In fact, we'll be ecstatic and happy to assist you along this new journey. All right? Well, friends and family, that was episode number five. The final episode of our series, Collapse. We will be starting a new episode, I mean a new series next time. But guess what? I ain't going to tell you today. You better show up next week so you can hear it. That way you'll know. All right? God's blessings be upon you. In Jesus' name. Thank you.